Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Today on the Daily Transcendence, we're putting into perspective and giving insight on the themes around mythologies and biblical scriptures and showing their allegorical indications. With many sources to choose from, we'll present the original mystical context and how it was meant to show how much of it applies to our state of consciousness, psychology, and the movement of energy within the body and the universe. Let's envelop the true way of understanding these allegories and parables so we can apply the knowledge in our everyday lives and turn away from the limiting dogmas and stigmas that keep us tied to the mundane reality and false narratives instead of allowing us to freely release and dwell in the realms of the divine light. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to the Daily Transcendence Podcast. I'm G.O.D. And I'm Ray. And we're your hosts. Take a journey with us into the realms of some of humanity's most inner thoughts and theories about what lies before us and beyond the other side. Take a step back with us from the day-to-day heavy burdens of this constant evolving life. From awakening the collective, astrology, the spiritual divine, holistic health, shamanism, and quantum theory, to the frequencies and vibrations of our universe, history, religion, numerology, and so much more. We spend countless hours researching to bring you the breakdown of information from some of the greatest minds in these fields and even our own experiences. We're here to challenge your thoughts so that you can reshape your own minds and beliefs into ones that better serve you. We hope you enjoy the discussions about the supernatural and the ancient knowledge that we have become so fond of and we wish to share with you so that it may also help you on your quest in this human experience we're living. Let the transcendence begin. Godspeed and share on. Like and subscribe to The Daily Transcendence on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. To show support for the show, we ask you to join us on all social media platforms, including Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Patreon, and YouTube. There you can find more content, updates on new episodes, and more personal interactions from both Gio and I. We want to hear from you all and connect, so message us or email us at thedailytranscendence at gmail.com. As always, we entirely appreciate your support in allowing us to bring you this transmission. And welcome back What's to up? the I'm sorry, I do that to you all the time. Do it again. I know you do. You know, I thought you I were always doing think it you're on gonna, purpose. No, I always think you're gonna stop. That's why. <laughs> no, dude, it's funny. That's the past three times. I know. Or two times. It, something I, like that. I, I think it's funny. Well, at least I fucking addressed it this time. You did? Yeah. But I thought you were just doing it to be a stickler. No, no. I fucking hated it. I was like, fuck every time. I'm like, shit. It's all right. You know what it is? You you're 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 like ready. Mm-hmm. You're ready for episode 19. I am ready for episode 19. So, so since so since you're ready, tell us. Let's go. What is what is it that we will be discussing today? Well, Cuz it's one of my favorite topics. I know. We're we're finally breaking that threshold of getting into these allegories and the mythologies and not in the sense of where it's going to be like, "Oh, well, this story of this person and that thing." Like they're not people. Let's just get one thing straight here, okay? They're not and it's okay if you believe they are, but it's not okay in the same sense as well. Yes, dude. I've been waiting for you to say that for like three years. <laughs> I'm with it now, yes. Ray. I'm with it. All right. I figured you'd come around there. And you say it and you say it similarly too. It does. You, look, you could believe these people exist. Sure. It's okay. Sure. It's fine. 
it doesn't change my life. It may change yours. So you know what? Believe that they're people. But there's a deeper meaning behind yes. all of these stories. Things that we can apply to the body and the mind and the new universe yes. and life. Right? Exactly. And I find that more valuable. Mm-hmm. You know? So and that's what we're going to go into. We're going to go into how it is more valuable. It is more valuable to understand it from this aspect too, along with the fact that you want to, you know, believe that Santa Claus is real. So let's define allegory. Okay? Yeah. Allegory is the expression by means of symbolic fictional figures and actions of truths of generalizations about human existence. Okay? So what I get from that is just like mythologies, which is an allegory, a form of it, is it tells you a story and the story has this underlying you know, a uh, lesson or, or something to learn from it. Uh, you, you watch it, even like movies are basically allegories where you're watching these things. They're fictional characters. They're, they're stories to be told for the, the imagination to flourish into. And you'll have some sort of, you know, psychological or emotional integration from consuming the story. Right. And that's what religions are. Uh, form of allegorical stories so you can understand the deeper nature of things like life and the and you and me and the body and the creator and all that. Uh, another aspect I did want to throw in because I wrote down two definitions for this. Uh, parable, which is slightly different. A parable, because the, the Bible, they say, is full of allegories and parables. This is important. Parable, Pay attention, people. Yeah. Open your ears. Anyway, so a usual... A usually short, fictitious story that illustrates a moral attitude or a religious principle. So that's going to be more of this like moral based, you know, short story to kind of get to the point. Like the boy who cried wolf, I feel like it would be a parable, mm-hmm. wouldn't it? Yeah. Right. And then like the story of Zeus or the uh, the Odyssey or things like that, if you want to take that. Or the story of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. can be taken as an allegory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If anybody knows the, the 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 fig story that Jesus tells, that would be a parable, which all Ooh. things we will get into. Maybe not yeah, everything yeah. on this episode, because there's a lot. There's a lot of these different scriptures and a lot of these different mythologies, all having these allegorical senses to them that there's so much and it covers all parts of psychology all parts of energy movement like we said in the body or the universe in the mind and everything so this is where shit gets interesting it does i think this is uh this will break through a lot of barriers for people Mm -hmm. uh it did for us and i truly think that it's probably the leading cause to a lot of uh misinterpretations or uh disagreements uh we have a war going on overseas mm-hmm. and that's over religion yeah let's be honest that is over religion it's over beliefs uh it's why we talk about beliefs all the time and the remember the process of thought that we have the integration of what we've learned and accumulated over time or what we were taught with religions and politics and family and all that makes the people who makes who we are and then that in turn makes us make the decisions and mm-hmm. you know it's the underlying cause beliefs and and all these things you know what, so I also, we have wars sorry go ahead no no no. i was always gonna say we have wars going on over overseas and uh that's more than enough reason to finally get down to the point and break through this this maya this illusion of having these literalists make everyone think that everything is so literal 
Yeah. And I, I and going off that, like I just like I feel like as time has moved on, you know, maybe in some sort of sense in its originality, like it there was more of a purity to it and a more of a clearer understanding of it in ways. But as time has moved on, we've strayed so far away from that point and so far away from its original context to the point where we don't even think about like, oh, is it saying this? Is it an allegory? Is it? We're not. We're not even thinking about that. We're sitting here just being like, that's the story. That's what it is. Uh, this is this is what it means as far as being a moral. It's not about just morals. That's the other thing. People think it's morals and values of you know how to conduct yourself in life and stuff. Even with the Bible, yes, you can get that from it. But that's not all of it's what it's about. There is, and this is also the problem with passing down from generations to generations and translations. There is ways and specific ways the Bible has been written and certain words that have been used and certain combination of words that have been used that really give the best type of uh, mysticism in the book. And that has been changed over time. There's different types of versions of the Bible and translations that have changed that to simplify. You don't want, I, I, I think it is actually a bad idea to simplify the Bible in that way because you're taking yeah. the purpose out of understanding the mysticism in it because the mysticism is explaining that unknown thing that occurs in all of life. And it's, it's, it's taking it for you to understand it in a way that is applicable to you. And to just daily routine as well. So it's more than just moral. Plus, it's fascinating, by the yes. way, that mm-hmm. a lot of these stories are written and there's things encoded into these stories about, you know, DNA, the 33 vertebrae in your spine and parts of the brain and stuff like that, and even the functions of it. And that's, I think, what gets me so it's kind of like what we were interested in with the Anunnaki story and all that is like you go this far back and there was Mm -hmm. these technologies and there were certain structures built and there was certain knowledge. It's the same thing, you know, and that actually ends up connecting to a lot of the later religions. We we did discuss that a little bit, but it is more applicable uh, applicable to look at it this way and understand it deeply. And Gio and I both believe believe and we'll we'll say belief, even though there's a part of me that knows that you know that this resonates too too much for me to think that this is a a, a misinterpretation on our end. Uh, we have really good teachers, mm-hmm. and they spoke clearly on this, and we understand it. And now we want to relay it to you. Yes. So we'll start. So we now know what an allegory is and a parable, and one of the most misconstrued stories of all time uh, and because it's taken so literal is the story of Jesus, Hmm. Jesus Christ. Uh, And we could start at what is Christ and we could start at his name. Now, first of all, Jesus's name was not Jesus. It was Jeheshua or Yeheshua. A lot of things were changed during the Roman Catholic times, you know, because of anti-Semitic beliefs. Hmm. So anything that was Jewish had to be changed because of the clergy at that point. So his name, one, we start at his name was changed. Uh, There's no Jesus in Iran, Iraq. That's a South American name. That's a a Spanish name. That's a, that's not, there's nowhere, that's the wrong part of the earth. So the Greeks in the New Testament ended up make turning Joshua, which Joshua comes from Jeheshua, 
to Jesus. So right then and there, like Gio was just saying, that the, the stories end up start to, ch- they start to change. You have to kind of work your way backwards to, to see where it even all began and where things started to change. And at his name is where it began. And before that, <laughs> there's plenty of things in between. But uh, the last name of Jesus Christ, obviously, Christ, Christ is not a name. Christ actually is a title. And Christ translates to the anointed one. Or we could say the the enlightened one. So Jesus, the anointed, or Jesus, the enlightened one. Um, it also comes from Krishna, who is the uh, India. It's their god. Krishna is also their word for Christ or Christus or Christos. And all that translates to is a divine manifestation of God. It's the manifestation of the God in us, the divine uh, you know, energy and awareness that is what we call God. Uh, a symbolic word for whatever enters the human mind, basically, to, to maybe destroy the incarnate error, meaning us coming into the body and forgetting that we are that. You know, so someone who's enlightened, someone who has dropped the ego, someone who has defeated the carnal mind is the Christ. So right then and there teaches us so, and we're going we're gonna to follow through with this because this is one of my favorite ones because what we learn from Jesus Christ in the, in the scriptures is that we all are God and we all are the Christ. Something, something to kind of go along with that now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull away for a second from, from the Bible. Like there is also the same reference of this in mythology and a lot of the mythology connects with the stories of the Bible as well. And why is that? You know, what does that mean? Does that mean that the Bible is mythology and there's no, there's no real history there too? Eh, well, there kind of, kind of isn't for a lot of it. And there's many uh, historians and archaeologists who have went and looked for some of these places, uh, you know, uh, people, things, and stuff like that. That they just there's no existence of it. And they go, oh, well, you know, people could say it got washed away in the flood or this and that and stuff like, well, what about, you know, Jesus was <laughs> Jesus's time was not that long ago. You know, yes, I know we have the shrine of Jesus that it was wrapped. He was wrapped in after he was crucified and everything and stuff. But shouldn't there still be some sort of question towards those things? But now the mythologies of it, how they match up. If, they, if they're being said from all over these long different periods of time and similarities and different cultures and everything, what is it What is it trying to say to us? Shouldn't that be enough awareness to be like, hey, there's something deeper than it, deeper than just a moral of the story? Like, you know, there's got to be some direct correlation with something that's going to be everlasting, that's always going to be um, prominent in every human's life that's going to take place. You know, whether it's within them or without them, whether it's above them or below them, whatever it may be. So that's something to keep note on. And there's something I will go into that in a little bit. Yeah. And let me add this in there that when you're challenged, like to use your logic, meaning if you've like when I was a kid and I heard these stories of religions and all everything, you know, from Santa Claus to mythologies to religions, the story of Jesus, if you 
your logic immediately gets a like red flag or it starts to like we were taught to not do that you know like with the authoritarian schools and the classes like i had to go to ccd and it's like you couldn't you didn't really have the ability to to question it so it's like right from being little kids we're we're told like no just listen like we're gonna tell you what it is and you you were you were going to take in what we're teaching you or you fail so it's if it's um going against your logic if you're getting red flags and saying wait a minute that doesn't make any sense snakes don't talk Mm. usually what that means and and the more bizarre the story is and the mythology is actually the deeper and more beautiful meaning that it has you just have to see beyond it and it's those who seek shall find the truth and it's those people that just don't sit back and say okay they told me this what that's what this means it's for those who seek will find the truth and it's beyond those things but the knowledge and the power and everything that is going to enlighten you and empower you is within these stories and that's the whole point of breaking down allegories it's it's they hid this stuff in these stories because it was for those who decided to Hmm. to uh see beyond yeah and that's the thing it's like why would they next thing i kind of want to like touch up on is like why would they reference the stars so much you know and and if anybody tries to say that they don't reference the stars in the bible or anything go look at all cultures all cultures and everything and even mythologies everything is referenced to the sky and the just planets. just type in right just type yeah. in stars and planets in scripture right. or in bible and you see how the mythologies link up to with the stars and the planets and the constellations and everything and just one of those examples that i want to go into is the constellation of pegasus so um pegasus was one of those mythologies written by the greeks and we know pegasus to be what the white-winged horse uh that also would come out of the sea um and pegasus's father was poseidon so he was also you know we know poseidon's the god of the sea and if pegasus comes out of the sea we can see we can see see <laughs> we can see that pegasus also represents the seahorse if anything so a lot how, of seas yeah a lot of seas <laughs> a lot of moves <laughs> so we can see that there's there's some sort of connection with something in the sky here and within the mythologies and the wordage of it and the etymology of how it's being played out so what does that mean for how does that how does that reference, you know, we could we could say all of the yes, more cosmic things that happen and we'll get into that. But how does this have to do anything with us and our bodies, these stories? Well, this has a correlation with the human brain, actually. So we know um, uh, we know from Stedman's medical dictionary uh, and just in general, that the hippocampus, the hippocampus is a part of the brain that's in the center of the brain as well, um, more towards the base, I think, um, which is a big part of memory. And it is also described in Stedman's medical dictionary as having this white eminence. Um, so right there, we said, what's Pegasus? Pegasus is the white horse. Got that white eminence uh, reference there as well. Constellation. And I think it's the horse that's in the story with Apollo. Yes. Right. And well, what do we know? Well, when you go into what hippocampus is and what the meaning of hippocampus is actually literally a horse. Hmm. So 
um, white horse. Yeah, it actually, it actually hippocampus. When you translate it down, it actually can even mean seahorse. So we see how if Pegasus is coming from the sea, and the father of, of Pegasus is Poseidon, which is the god of the sea, we can see how it's the seahorse as well. And hippocampus does translate also into that. Um, so how do we take this even further? Well, the Bible constantly talks about the sign of a second coming and, uh, uh or a new form of consciousness is going to come and it's portrayed by Jesus returning on a white horse. So what does that say? Like all of a sudden Jesus is going to come out of the constellation of Pegasus? Not necessarily. So would this mean that stimulation of memory in the brain would come from the electromagnetic field of Pegasus as far as universal and also in the hippocampus so that almost like the hippocampus is the gateway to the second coming, the new form of consciousness, not necessarily what everybody constantly thinks in the way that's portrayed and read service level in the Bible as being like Jesus just going to come flying out of the sky galloping in his way through the clouds with this that's winged white horse that a lot of people oh, no, do no. yeah and they also think that the with the rapture they're gonna just float out of their cars like it always like i think about this like what happens to the people that are in like buildings and in cars that when the rapture comes and they're there to, to float up into the sky with jesus which most people probably think at least old school would, like what you, happens well you just hit the fucking ceiling like, <laughs> well did you ever it see, doesn't make any sense did you ever see the left behind like the original one with kirk cameron I actually haven't. Well, he like in that, like they goes through the whole revelation. It actually was a pretty good movie, but basically what would happen all of a sudden people just started disappearing and their clothes were just left behind. That's it. It was just like, boom. Hmm. And then some people did and everybody's freaking out. There's planes fucking, you know, getting grounded and stuff like that. And kids missing all like ABB alerts and all these things going out. It's crazy stuff. So that's <laughs> kind of funny. You mentioned that, but apparently they just dissolve, but their clothes stay. Oh, <laughs> right. So, but yeah, but well, because I think in the story, though, it says that we'll meet him up in the sky. I think there are some people that had that image yeah. of floating up into mm-hmm. the sky to rapture, which we're dealing with the mm-hmm. rapture as we speak. So. And listen, you can like it's it's not like a bad thing to sit there and have this imagery of it in a certain way. And, and, and like that's that, too, point, though. But yeah, that's mm-hmm. what it is to really be able to embody it. That's the point of the imagery of, of having this. It's to more so, though, when going deeper to understand it, is realizing that the realistic occurrence of just the effect on the mind, on the body, on the spirit itself. And spirit alone is just a word, but it's the word that's come up with for describing the the very bizarre like life force that is just there. So, you know, so we're saying now that if the hippocampus is, you know, is in charge of memory in the brain and with this white eminence that it's described with, um, we can see how Pegasus represents um, the the hippocampus in the brain. Um, And then also that it is there's an activation of Pegasus or the hippocampus that allows for this new form of consciousness to come in. So the code words for magnetism and activity in the universe, like is what is being said here. Like this, this is, this is also what's occurring in the brain. And is this what the Bible talks about with Christ returning 
So that's like what you said about Christ, the anointed one, this Christ consciousness memory. Is it being restored in this way? So, and it's also creating this reactivation of memory. Um, and, and I think the memory that we're talking about being restored is just original mem- uh, original memory of nature, of the actual knowing. occurrences. Yes, it's the ultimate knowing. knowing. Because we've seen many times in a lot of, uh, you know, more of these sacred sacred teachings and everything, how it is said that, you know, we went from a golden age and having this closer connection to the, 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 the divine and, you know, not being so much as we know ourselves in a, in a physical form as well. So to take that in one more step further, you know, we also have that Pegasus um, in the mythology. We know that Pegasus um, had, was, uh, had flown and his hoof kicked something on Mount Helicon and activated a fountain or a stream called Hippocrene, which when you translate Hippocrene, it ends up coming to horse's fountain, and it was said that whoever drank from the stream was blessed with the ability to write and bring poetic inspiration. So that connects a lot to with the memory and with being able to remember this language and this and this way of having this inspiring moment and this new coming of thought um, that's not necessarily so new, but it's original form. Yeah, you know, and I'm I'm really starting to put things together in my own mind, and these are my own observations, but what I'm really starting to get at is, so a lot of the names of the brain and the body are connected with things in the sky, as we're saying. So he's using the example and the fact that they told a story about Pegasus, and then there's a part of your brain called the hippocampus, and it translates to white horse, and it also has a lot to do with, because uh, of drinking from the, the, horse, the horse's fountain, that um, entails a lot that connects to the Christ or chrism because I'm going to go into uh, with back when we get back into the whole Christ thing and what the allegory is behind that. He's giving a great example of how the Greeks had told the story and it's a great story and you could read it for pleasure and leisure and learn stuff from it, maybe even some morals and values. Uh, but when it comes down to it, it's also representing this scientific thing that's going on in the human body, like many of these stories. And what's ironic is when I was talking before about the Christ, the Christ, also called the chrism, is the name for the liquid that comes uh, out of the claustrum in the brain. And this is supposed to be some liquid. It's a CSF. It's a cerebral spinal fluid that gets released once a month throughout the body and actually circulates and heals the body. So it's this healing fluid that comes from the top. And he mentions things like the, uh, the horse's fountain traveling through the hippocampus. So here we go. We're, we're, you know, we're, we're learning these stories and we have all these characters and we have these certain things going on and it's representing something symbolically that's going on in the mind and in the body. And this theory that I'm starting to put together is because all these names correlate with each other, that the universe has these, you know, we name these stars and we name these planets, and then we have them kind of intertwined with the things that are named in our body. I predict that everything that's going on up in the sky, um, and I'll, I'll say with the Pegasus story, mm-hmm. I don't think you mentioned, that it's now visible. 
It yeah. wasn't visible for thousands of years, and that's why it's so important to talk about that. So all of a sudden, this horse is visible in the sky, and in the Bible it has said that Jesus would return on a white horse. Jesus being the Christ that I just named, meaning the the healing aspect of the body, the healing fluid, the what gets dropped into the solar plexus, which the Greeks called the chrism. So in your body, this process could happen that when you do certain things, like when you meditate and you get into certain states of mind, kind of like what the Buddhists and the monks and all that chase after is that enlightenment. Well, there's a liquid that gets released and a, a healing process through, happens throughout the body. So if we compare that to the fact that we can see this thing in the sky named Pegasus, it's coming over and now in our line of sight. And with that, all of a sudden the earth starts to change. And it feels like, you know, with, through all this chaos will come order. It will, you know, I'm not the Illuminati, but with chaos will come order, meaning it's like we're going to be healed. That's what it's, mm-hmm. that's the way I see it. So it's like, it's like we're in the big brain of God or the universe. Like the universe is just this big brain. And what goes on up there is the same exact function that happens in the body. Yeah. Dang. So, and that's where it ties in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned about, you know, the raising of this, this um uh, the the chrism and like coming up and how it relates to the fountain like that's that's the thing the fountain is you know we said it, it, it you were blessed when you drank from the fountain in the, in the mythology of it that you were given the ability of like this inspirational writing or or just knowledge in general and for that it, it and to say that it flowed it flowed from the mountain. The flowed from the mountain. The mountain is the upper part. The up, you know, the high, the higher, the higher realms. The high, your, your, you know, your brain. Your head is up top. So there's that correlation there as well. And on this mountain, the Mount Helicon, there also was nine muses that lived there with Apollo. Now, what is a muse? A muse. Um, uh, when you actually go into more of the etymology of muse, which um, they were like these mystical mystical creatures as well but they also had a part to play when it came to poetry and song and sound it had a lot to do with words words we know are vibration you know um so it comes into a lot of that and then also the etymology when you go into muse it actually goes into the means of uh when you look deeper into it the means of an art of meditation so and the root of the word muse uh, of museum would be muse. And what do we music. know? It, and, and music. Exactly. And Which you said word or sound vibration. Y- yep, exactly. Mm. Um, but, but what do we know if mu- uh, if muse is part of the word museum, what do we know the museum to be? It's a, it's a place they of place memory that holds antiques and memory. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, it's also said that the muses were born out of an intercourse between menomies Men, Menomacene, uh, which was the goddess of memory, and also with Zeus. So Zeus and Menomenes, I can never say that name, Menomenes, Nemo. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so she was the goddess we get, of we got memory. So mm-hmm. the connection here is with that river flow and Pegasus and its hoof and the flying is is um, the, base, the basis of meditation and coming to this awareness and yes it can be energetic where it comes from 
the cosmos as well, where there's a better flow of activation for it, but you got to come into that sense in your own body. So the, it's the basis of meditation and it's to bring the energy up the spine, like you were saying, and um, through the body centers or the chakras and the kundalini in a spiral fashion and into the right hemisphere of the brain, which we know that, I mean, we said it before, the right hemisphere of the brain is the side of the brain where it is more of your, um, how would you say it? Uh, the spiritual side, imaginative mm-hmm. side. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the part of the brain that also controls instincts. Yeah. It's the creative like, side, yeah. The, yeah, the creative side. I've heard also that it's the God side, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and then the Bible um, even mentions, uh, it says it in the winding stairs, uh, and there's the winding stairs and you're entering the room on the right on the right hand side or the upper chambers um, and the winding stairs can represent this, the double helix double helix. We know is your DNA as well. And it's this, there's a lot of the mathematics and the form of the double helix that we see throughout all nature as well. So there is that connection there. Um, And there also was a New York times article by Alfred Lurie. And what was said in it was, Hormones, after traveling through nerves in the spinal cord, the signal reaches the pineal gland. In the absence of light signals, the gland begins producing melatonin. The double helix rising in a serpentine motion would be, um, would, would be also looked at as the serpent. We see the serpent in the garden. Um, to, the reason to say that would... Uh, the, the reason to say that would be is to say the whole analogy of Pegasus hitting the mountain and activating the mountain with the muses, which was the flow, the flow of this new form consciousness, you know, bringing it up into the the white seahorse um, being that it's all about the memory. We're bringing, there's a way to tap back into that and bring that back. And there's also indications in the universe of that being, uh, you know, times of of more of a heightened magnetism and that we are affected by that. Yeah, and, you know, the more and more I, I sit and always I listen to these all the time. Uh, so what this really is is the language of the right brain. The right brain learns in symbols and it learns in, you know, sounds and patterns. Well, I think actually left brain sounds, but more so right brain's picking up on a, diff- a whole different type of language. Like the left brain is that rational A to Z explanation, regurgitating uh, stuff. Like you read out of a book and you use your left brain to comprehend. But what happens is, is if you're using your whole brain, you, and we do it without realizing, but when we're reading something like this or having a story, what we do is process the images. We, we pass it through the right brain, our our imagination, our creative side. And when we do that, we realize that a lot of this stuff is meant for the right brain. That's why it, it was said in the Bible that this was written for the spirit and the spirit is technically the energetic or emotional side of things. How did things make you feel? What do you imagine uh, about these things? And to to correlate it with uh, the whole, you had mentioned melatonin mm-hmm. and serotonin, uh, that's the land of milk and honey. Because mm-hmm. in the center of your brain is what is called the claustrum, right? Uh, well, when a mother breastfeeds her baby, the milk is called the claustrum. Mm. And it is the oil of life that follows throughout the body. Uh, the, the oil 
will pass through the body into the solar plexus and then be dispersed throughout the body. So I had mentioned before that in Greek, it's called the chrism as well. So the claustrum also called the chrism, which means Christ. Uh, it is, and it is he who comes from the father's house, which is the brain. Anytime we hear the father, think of the brain. Um, so just like sitting at the right hand of the father, mm-hmm. right brain, right? Well, so what happens is the, he comes down from the father's house uh, down into the solar plexus, which is the manger where incarnation takes place. If you learn about the chakras, incarnation takes place in the solar plexus. Um, then the crucifixion will take place. And that's at the five senses. Uh, that's where it passes through. And then it sends the Christ back up to the father's house, back up to the pineal gland. Now, all of this stuff obviously has to do with the workings of the body. And if you see it this way, think about when Christ was crucified. It says that he had to sacrifice the five senses, right? Well, how mm-hmm. many nails were in Jesus when he, was not, when he was nailed up on the cross? Yeah. Five. It was five. You have left and right hand, both feet. There's three and four. and then, Or no, there was one in the feet and then two in the sides. Mm-hmm. You could look it up. It's the five nails of we the crucifixion. Had the, uh, the the spear jab and under the rib to make sure yeah. he was dead. Right. So so to to sum that up is so the Christ came down from the Father's house. So that'd be like Jesus incarnating into a human body, right? From into the Virgin, which represents actually Virgin consciousness. And then so that would be the in the body coming from heaven into the body into the manger where the incarnation takes place, and then he has to be crucified. So he's crucified with the, f- the five senses, and then so that's meditation. You're crucifying, you're sacrificing your five senses. You're crucifying yourself. And then what that is, just like in Jesus, is you get sent back up to the Father through the sacrifice, through the crucifixion. And from uh, the claustrum, when it goes back up, would flow into the pituitary gland, and it would become a milky white substance. And this is the feminine principle, which would be for breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. And then, then the liquid would pass through the pineal gland, which would become a yellowish substance. And the ancients would say, and I will bring you out of the lower regions of the flesh up to the land flowing with milk and honey. See, we're so scientifically advanced nowadays that we should be able to, we should, if anything, we should be able to better understand these writings and these teachings because we actually know and can see so much further. The same way we can see further into the cosmos, we could even see further on a cellular level and know these occurrences that happen in the body and also the functions of it and what it does and what it does for us. So if it's saying this, there's, 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 there's no reason to not, you know, absorb it in a way to be able to be like, okay, well, I, I can embody that occurrence and be able to sit in that meditation and go into that realm and that uh, of of this of the spirit world and be able to start adjusting my life and adjusting my body and adjusting my words and adjusting my actions and my beliefs in a way that are going to align with this so you can have this occurrence that happens and to have the the things that are being said that comes from this you know 
Yeah, well, see, that was applicable. Like, what we're showing you, basically, is the story of Jesus has, it's multifaceted. It's multidimensional. Like, it also represents another thing that goes on in the sky. So, we had represented before with the Pegasus story, what happens in the hippocampus, which has a lot to do with this similar process here. It's it's involved in the process because it's part of the brain that involves the claustrum, right? But the claustrum actually was a gift of life, and I'm about to in, uh, integrate another story along with this Jesus aspect and this crucifixion of of the mind, of the body, for, for you to crucify yourself. Since the claustrum was the gift of life, and it came from the highest place, down into our physical realm or into our physical body, uh, they said that this was the holy claustrum because it brought the gift of life. It became Saint Claustrum. Then it, they cut it down to the Holy Klaus or Holy Claus, which became St. Claus and then ends up evolving into Santa Claus. So now here we have another allegorical story that we use every year on December 25th, not only being the birth of Jesus and the birth of the sun in the sky and the, the sun's enlightenment, the sun's crucifixion. So like the sun in the sky having the same process as we do have in the body, but this evolves into the story of Santa Claus because Santa Claus comes from the north, mm-hmm. the top, down from you know down from the north into to to bring gifts, to bring the healing gifts, the the rewards, the things that bring happiness up from the the top to the bottom into the body. And we just happen to dress it up with a story, just like we did with all these others. You know, Santa Claus bringing the gifts down from the North Pole, and then we give him a beard, and we give him a red suit, and he has Nintendo games on the back, and whatever, and that's and that ends up being this thing now that becomes a tradition. And when you repeat something for a long time, it ends up becoming the truth. And we've evolved now in taking these amazing symbolic stories and allegories and making them something that we worship and mm-hmm. idolize, and that we have a tradition for, which blocks us from the truth. Yeah. And then it creates this sense of belief that like, if you say some of this stuff to religious people, they, they get very visceral about it and it, and they're triggered. And it's like, you know, all of a sudden it's like, no, like it's not the, but why, why no, why no? Like there's literally wars and, and killing that has been done over these beliefs and these stories when in, in, in actuality, these are all actual occurrences. These are all things that we can back up that, actually occur that actually happen that we know have all these beneficial things to it you know also something on you know the hippocampus in in the medical dictionary in the middle of the hippocampus is the organ called the amans horn you know well amans amans horn it's can also mean that whole the amen and god forbid you say you say that to somebody about amen they're gonna be like oh like what no and stuff and you're and they're like amen means uh uh, they think that means, what did they say that they think it means uh, like religious people, like it shall be done. Yeah. Like something like, yeah, something in that way, something along the lines of, or like that God is, it is already be being done through God or something. Yes. Some uh, along, it, along the lines, there is a religious connotation yeah, to it. Yep. But in actuality, when you look back at it and there's many things that there's many things that show this to be true, it actually comes from Am- Amun-Ra, Amun-Ra, the Egyptian sun God. Um, and Something about that. So about the Amon, the um, we know it. The Amon's horn is in the middle of the hippocampus, where we said the middle. We said the hippocampus itself is activated, um, and the memory is activated, and we allowed the 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 river to flow through up the stairs and go to that higher place and allow this activation to happen, um, and it brings us to having the second coming of Christ. Well, uh, if Amon's horn is the Amen. 
in Revelations 3.14, um, Jesus is speaking and say, says, And unto the angel of the church of the Lodicians write, These things saith the Amen. So these things were said by the Amen. Not saying that it's not, they weren't saying Amen. It was said by the Amen. The, and it continues to say, The faithful and the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. So if Jesus, it's being said that Jesus said this and Jesus is the amen. That means Jesus is the center of the hippocampus, like the Amman's horn. So there's that direct correlation. And then also along with that, and a little bit before that is Revelations 3.12. It says that him that overcometh, will I make a pillar in the temple of my God and he shall go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. So it is also backing up, giving that name to Christ and also with the New Jerusalem. The New Jerusalem is the new mind. It's the new restored mind that's coming back because we have raised the Kundalini. We have raised that that energy and the chrism up through and we have purified it and we have allowed it in and we've reached those upper chambers of the right room and then we're sitting there and it's activating these hormones and that white you know same thing with the pineal gland and the melatonin and the serotonin to the point that it allows us to activate that part of our mind and to have to activate the god within us um and and have that renewal sense and that second coming of life and that memory and it all relates back to even that whole sense of Jesus and Pegasus. It's all right. indirect correlation. Yeah. So, it, well, and if they, they took your brain, right? If they took your brain out of your head and they placed it on a table and then they took a little knife and they cut the brain open. And I think I've used this, uh, this before. Uh, you know, they, they won't find one idea or one thought. You know, they're not going to find your anger, your depression, your temper, anything like that. But they're still there, right? So, they won't find the father either. They won't find that part of the brain. They won't find God in the brain. That's you. This is a process. This is something you unlock. And a lot of the point of these scriptures is teaching you that this is the process. This is if you see through the literal lies and you understand what this what this process really is, like you you're you're learning science here because you're learning a function of the body. We're not just just having you guess and hope that there's this story that's hopefully going to come true and you'll find out after you die like this completely relates to the body and we prove it to you through language like language is so important Mm -hmm. and this is what jesus christ uh actually christ krishna and buddha tried to convey uh you know they tried to tell you that there is something within you and the only man of letter basically so if you're only a man of the letter, if you're only a man of reading, it's in you, but you're not going to find it because you could talk about it all day. You can discuss it all day and nothing's going to happen, but you have to you have to learn the process. It's like going to a restaurant and reading the menu and never ordering anything. It's just reading the menu. And that's what a lot of these churches do to people. It's a lot of uh, what a lot of these religious people do is they're reading the menu constantly mm-hmm. and they never actually eat the food. You know, and that's how they, that's, they keep you in the dark. 
You know, it's 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 a real like vicious thing to do because you're you're guiding people along, getting them to believe this literal story. And if you learn language and if you learn the roots of things, you start seeing beyond it and understanding that we're more connected to this book and many scriptures more than we think. It, it really is the, the you know the story written on the what is it on the back right mm-hmm. sealed with seven seals. Yeah, you know, and we have seven chakras. You know, it's about you. You're the book of life. That's what it was. Yeah. And this is and this is why, like when going into this, like, you know, we've we've heavily stressed on our our indoctrinated beliefs as well, that it's important to be able to release those because in order to make these occurrences happen, even within the body and everything, it takes the actual energetic effort within your own thinking, within how you speak within what you, even what you don't do, what you do and don't identify with, you know, to be able to have that release of the old in order to get the new. And, you know, something that also speaks on that is uh, there's also another mythological story that actually kind of embraces this uh, concept. Um, And it's a, it's a story of a beautiful man who loved himself but he only loved himself and he was very egotistical and this, you know, was very, you know, this is, we all know this as being a very psychological thing. Um, there was all, and he was very full of himself. Um, and there was only one little nymph that loved him, which was, uh, her name was Echo. Um, because he was so obsessed with himself, he was told um, that you're, you're too much with the physical and, you know, it's, it's too much, like you have to go. And they sent him to Mount Helicon, which back we see with Pegasus, right? And he spent days and days there staring at himself in the reflection of the pond water, which this water was also that whole uh, Hippocrene, that that fountain that was created, that stream created by uh, Pegasus. So he sat there so long staring at himself in the reflection for so long and allowing things to occur that he wasted away and died. And when the searchers went out to look for him, they found a flower had grown where he had been and they named the flower narcissus. So, mm. and we all know narcissism is a psychological problem where the person's obsessed with themselves and the flesh. The Bible says to look within and the single eye and not the flesh. This is all part of that. So what happened was he ascended up the spiral mountain to the place of memory and consciousness. And there he was transformed, um, which that which was the negative part of him had passed away into what was new and beautiful. Um, and also with that, you know, Echo loved him so much and was sad uh, that he had passed away that she also passed away and became a voice in the woods. Echo, Echo. Hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so that's where it comes into the whole thing of Pegasus or the hippocampus allows the water to flow to move from the old self into the new. So you have to release these old ways of thinking and feeling and believing in order to even get to this point, in order to be able to allow these things to happen within the body. Yeah, you know, and it's breaking tradition. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. And I've been preaching a lot lately about I'm I'm starting to get really sick of people being so attached to their beliefs. Now, I respect the fact that they have beliefs. And of course, there's things I lean towards, but I won't say I believe anything because 
when I'm in a constant state of speculation and I'm nothing, like I'm in a constant state of nothing, like I don't define anything. Uh, I, I don't get lost in my definitions. I tend to constantly improve them and hear things out. And then when I do that, I make adjustments consistently. And I don't think a lot of the world really does that. Like from what I watch, like I go by from what I watch with, with people. And it seems like they're not too flexible with the fact that, you know, they're, they're willing to let go of something they believe for over a long period of time, maybe because they, I don't know, it's an ego thing. It's a pride thing. They don't want to admit that they were, you know, fooled or anything like that, or, or maybe they, they truly have emotionally invested in it and they've said it, whatever. But I think this was a, a, a virus they put in us. I think this, a real virus was one they put in our minds that was more like psychological mm-hmm. and it was, it taught us to, to be attached to our beliefs and to stop learning and to just listen and regurgitate, but not listen in a way where you can imagine and reflect and try and define things your own it was like they taught us to to just hey here it is straight up it actually activates no thought it just has you just remember things and remembering is an intelligence regurgitation is an intelligence Mm -hmm. but the bible and all these scriptures are so intelligent that if you learn how to read them you you become more intelligent as you go you start you, you start unlocking a part of the mind that has lied dormant for a long time. It really is. And I think what a lot of art artists and stuff, and I've mentioned this before, that they have that kind of unlocked already because any form of art is going to be a right brain thing. It's going to be an imaginative thing. So the, obviously there's people that do this, but to understand that your scriptures and, the, and, the, and these stories unlock that part of the brain and you start becoming holistic where you... you you're learning through the right brain of symbolism and putting it together with the left and you're using your holistic side. You're not too right, you're not too left. You're sitting right in the middle and you're you're thinking holistically. And that's what something like the Bible will do, you know? And, mm-hmm. you know, the, you said the kingdom of God or heaven is within you and it is. But when he does say the word is made flesh, well, you're the word, you're the vibration. You're the word made flesh, you know? Mm-hmm. We are the word made flesh, but the kingdom of God, uh, God is within us. And Mm -hmm. I think it's made really clear at this point that it is within and meditation and things like that, dropping our definitions are the first step. It's the, it's the key to unlock the door. And Jesus says himself, you know, uh, I can of my own self do nothing. Mm -hmm. That's John five 30. Yep. Jesus said, I can of my own self do nothing. So Jesus says over and over that the father within him, does all the work and that's him telling you that you do the same thing you allow the same thing yeah you have to open that up you have to go into that and activate it and there's many ways and that's why a lot of it's based around you know the whole meditation process is is part of it and we've said before meditation is not just sitting there cross-legged home and all that but it does take a certain disconnection from the physical and like Ray said, dropping the five senses and drop an identity to be able to go into this um, and, and really feel out this mystical language and to feel it and imagine it and believe it occurring within the body and recurring even out within the universe because this is a natural law. You're tapping back into the, the natural way of life and being 
um, and getting away from the carnal mind that 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 just overwhelms us to the point that it suppresses all all of all of this natural uh, spiritual connection, you know. And it may sound like a little bit of like, oh well, you know, it's real airy fairy, but it's it's not. It's the the, the language snakes of talk. Yeah, snakes talking sounds airy fairy. Exactly. Right? You know, it's it's all that you know what I mean. Like so. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like the airy fairiness of it is also in an indoctrinated belief too. You know, we've been made to believe that these things are seemed too airy fairy and stuff. You know, yeah, maybe some people are with it, some people aren't. The same way some people are, you know, maybe a little bit too into it in just the non-religious spiritual side of community. There's some people that are too into it and they get hung up on on the the surface levels a level of it without even realizing how it actually comes in. And same thing on the religious side. But, you know, that's that's what it is. And, you know, you're saying, you know, the kingdom of heaven, kingdom of heaven being within you. And we're talking about the higher, higher consciousness, the higher realms, the upper chambers, the, the mind, you know, how, you know, that's really like this, this place of heaven. And we said Pegasus being the hippocampus and, you know, the, the being a part of the middle part of the brain as well, where this memory occurs and we have this memory of heaven within us, but it needs activation, you know. Pegasus, the constellation is actually right above, uh, you know, the constellation area of Aquarius, which we know that Aquarius is ruled by Uranus. And in the the Greek mythologies, Uranus or Uranus um, is God and it's the kingdom. It is heaven itself as well. So there's just another connection of heaven being there, even with the hippocampus and something within the body that there is an activation point where it's already there. It just needs to be played upon, you know? And we could fool ourselves because, and this is where the intelligence factor comes in. It's like by, by knowing and using both sides of the brain. And when you read it, when you read these stories, it's like, well, I think with our, with describing what you just described, people will think heaven, they still will correlate it, you know, naturally with this place Mm -hmm. that you go to. Right, that this is an external place, and your your mind's gonna when you first hear this type of stuff, your mind's gonna battle it or gonna be confused. Like, wait a minute, so you know, I see this these stars in the sky, and now I see the horse, so that represents something in my brain, and that brings me to heaven. Like, what do you mean? You know, and I I hear it in my head, like because it's the way. Even when I was first learning it, it's like, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense, heaven. But then when you realize that heaven is basically opening up a part of the mind that allows access to more to more of your spiritual or more genuine and authentic being like you open up more of your own personality the part you shut down with the shut down years ago when you were put in an indoctrinated school and they they strengthened your left brain and shut down your right they took out all the arts they they gave you boring literature Mm -hmm. they didn't have you go into things that you gave a shit about like that you'd want to use your imagination for and when you look at the whole setup it really is it's 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 indoctrination and the fact that okay we're gonna We'll give you some imaginative stuff or some arts, but we're going to make it really shitty. Like some schools, of course, were based on it and have that aspect and it's really strong. But even just from where we're from, Gio, I mm-hmm. mean, the arts were garbage. Yeah. You know, they weren't really that great. And any kid that I mean, I was I'm a musician, right? I'm a musician and I uh, I wanted to maybe join a class with music and I tried it the first year. There was almost nobody in the class. The, the, the knowledge he was passing was not usable for myself and what I wanted to learn. And it was just boring and there, there was no funds for it. Yeah, it was so very limited. I, even, yeah. So, if it, so the point being is, is 
from when we're children on and we're going through school, that part of our mind, unless we pick up a, a, a you know, an instrument or some sort of art or creativity. I mean, even sports can be somewhat of an art, you know, when you learn football and the angles and the routes. And mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's an art, but like, we don't realize that we have to strengthen that part of the brain too. And then when it comes down to this knowledge, we're made not to be able to read the Bible and comprehend it. Like you're yeah. going to be confused, but you have to learn what symbolism is and how far to go with certain stories. Like once your logic starts running out, there's a deeper meaning. You've hit a wall. You now have to go deeper. Most people don't want to do that because of the way we're conditioned. <laughs> TikTok. But, um, <laughs> you know, 30-second clips and we're on to the next. And, you know, Tinder, we go bang somebody and then we're on to the next. And, you know, we we get DoorDash and then we get our food and then we're on to the next the next day. What fast food crap should I try today? It's like we're conditioned. And it's like, yeah. no, we got to backtrack and we got to start taking our time and being patient mm-hmm. and learn and, and using our imagination again and learning these things. And is it for an important reason? Absolutely. And I'll tell you, absolutely, it is important. Yeah. And that and that conditioning also has its own physiological properties that occur within the brain and the body as well. And we all know that. I mean, you could look, find any study about that, about what it's what chemicals, what hormones are being released from these quick stimulating uh, things that, you know, people to hold people's reten- uh, uh, attention spans and everything. And literally it is the basis of social media it is the basis of everything that we see that is is for consumerism and you know that's it's just now and and because it's so so much more around us constantly between because of our phones and it's always there in our hand we are conditioning our we are they don't even have to condition us anymore we're conditioning ourselves now at this point because we fell into this loop so it's like the learning this stuff is what helps you stray and break from that and to be able to go and yeah, yes, okay, maybe like you're saying like the arts, like maybe they weren't so um, available to us and it's different when we were younger because there were some of these things that we did not realize how to, to go out and search for them and maybe a lot of those uh, creative expressions to things to break open that side of the mind that we're talking about were not easily available. Where else are you going to get the answer from then? Where are you going to go? If you can't find anybody or thing teaching the right, whatever, where are you going to go? You have to go within. You have to go within and allow yourself to connect back to the original source and to bring back that memory so that you can open it up and know what to do and know how to be and feel and act and think. And this way you break yourself free from that. Yeah. 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 And I mean, it's, it's said uh, so many times in the Bible that God's name is I am, you know, the I am, the I am in you. I am that I am, you know, Moses had said Mm. that. Uh, And why, why is God's name I am? Because think about what you say every day, Mm. you know, I am this, I am that. And all that's really stating is God is the awareness inside of you. Mm. And a lot of people have fallen asleep and lost that awareness and they're lost in their defining mind they're lost in their the definitions and the thoughts that were planted in that logical side but when you pop open the right when you meditate and you let go of definitions that's giving your brain the ability without mentioning any liquids or hormones it's just really on a psychological factor mm-hmm. you've now dropped everything that that defines you or that you at least think defines you and when you open the right side you have entered your emotions, you have entered your own imagination, you know, and by accessing that, that's what the ancients called the spirit, the spirit, the imagination, the awareness of self. 
and which is God because we all have that I am in us. We all have God within us, that awareness, the fact that everything is aware. You know, these so-called particles and all this stuff moves. It's aware. It's moving. This Mm -hmm. stuff's, you know, I have speakers in front of me and it looks solid. That's moving. That's conscious. You know, it might not be conscious like us. It's what makes us so special. We're Mm self-aware, but this stuff's moving. It's, it's somewhat aware to a point. So everything's alive. But the fact is, is we were gifted from our creator, the awareness, and that's the God in us. And, the, and then when we meditate and we, and we drop the definitions and the things that people told us, it's so important to understand that, that it's not some airy-fairy, overly religious thing to, to say God is in the right side of the mind. All it's saying is, is the awareness, the self-awareness is in the right side of the mind. Because you finally have dropped all the crap that was given to you. And then when you do that, yourself, right? The God in you, the I am, starts communicating to you. You start talking to yourself when you meditate. Like, you get in touch with your emotions and your imagination and then you actually start becoming who you are and then when you start becoming who you are now you're raising your vibration because when you feel like who you are is actually you know when you're actually embodying embodying your own self you feel better and then when you feel better your emotions are better and then when your emotions are better your so-called law of attraction and all that shit starts to work better yeah. and then so god is answering your prayers yeah, and you're calling all you. this in right mm-hmm. you know i get god i get so hyped yeah <laughs> but that's the thing though it's like it's like oh, my well, voice I, is getting higher <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's the thing though it's like why it's like okay well then why are we even in a physical form then well if you open up so your mind no because if you open up your mind a little bit more then you are able to even think on this sense we, ex- we, we, we hear and we experience things about, you know, different realms and, you know, higher realms and lower realms. Well, what if this is a realm of its own, the physical world, right? And it's almost like a, a, like a spiritual meeting ground for all the other types of realms around. And it's like they're all converging and, and, and it's like, you know, there's a possibility. Well, if that's the case and like this is for experience of the physical form, which is a part of our creator, a part of that higher intellectual source, like then, yes, it is meant to be experienced. But there is also probably an abundance. I'm not going to say probably there is there is an abundance to be experienced in this realm. And it takes also being able to see outside of this realm to be able to understand what it is that is going to be fulfillment in this realm. You know, and not this is just the sense of having to escape this realm. I don't think it's about escapism at all. I think it's also about the fact that we use what we know from outside of it as well to better know how to be within it. And to better be able to be in harmony with it and to have that harmonious nature, that of which we know to be heaven. And that's what I said, you know, we were saying about the whole thing with heaven. Like, what is the context of heaven? You know, not just forget about the place and, you know, trying to think of it in that way. But like, what do we say occurs Simple. there? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's right. it's bliss. It's uh, um, it's it's peace. It's healing. It's just it's just you know, that just that overall feeling, what that is, it's like, that's what we're trying to bring into our awareness and what we're trying to make occur in the body and, you know, activating the kingdom of heaven within us. It's to be able to experience that and hear in the physical form. 
And then yeah. also to be in touch with it for wherever our energy goes and our soul spirit goes afterwards. Yeah, well, and you know, you you mentioned, uh, you know, why we would, you know, like, why would we need this physical body? I assume, right? I assume that we come into this as a spirit and with these bodies and these vessels, we're able to feel, you know, these are, these are more gross. These are more dense. So you're going to be able to feel things. And so if we're made of light, if we're light beings, if we're vibrational and all that, and we come into this vessel so we could feel things and experience things with that taste and the touch and the hearing and all that, and that could in some way upgrade our spirit or our light mm. body. Yes. And that's the way I would see it is you come to this place as a school ground to work on your vibrational, you know, uh, aura, your however it is. And of course, this is speculation and this is just an assumption of mine. Mm-hmm. But it sounds, if I were to somehow use my logical brain for this, is that's what would make sense. Yeah. It Could it be random? Could this all be nonsense? I doubt it. Uh, I think that it's closer to the most what most religions at least imply because some of them try to sell me the story that I just have to be a good boy and follow their instructions and then I'll find out when I die where I'm going. And that's mass deception because God is within. The kingdom of heaven is within you. And Jesus also said that whatever you could do, I could do, or whatever I could do, you could do better. He came here to praise you. So in the story, he's telling you, man, I might be able to do all this stuff, but you could do it better than me. Mm-hmm. And you just have to figure it out. And they gave us the instructions. So we're in this physical body. We have the instructions. And in these writings that were for the spirit, as he says, not for the logical mind. You know, don't mm-hmm. let Cain kill Abel. Don't let the, the logical side kill the spiritual side. Mm-hmm. Unlock that part of yourself and you will experience what it is you're, call, you're, you're calling heaven, which is, by the way, where also God resides in so yeah and like you're saying too like this whole you know being in the physical to learn with the instructions that we're given to upgrade our our spiritual being our soul whatever you want to call it you know it also can be in the sense that like that upgrade allows us to be able to further because we're all fragments of the higher source god creator and everything that ultimate intelligence that is it, it it's it could be that this upgrade in this just figuring this out is to gain back that connection like as if like i said before in a long time ago in, a, in an episode where it's like god is the cookie and you smash the cookie and there's all little crumbs and bits and pieces it's all still part of the cookie but it's not in the same form it's to even if you want to talk about you know we said hey how it's how it's meant to be here but also in the other realms it's to get to that point as well, to have that immediate connection and fusion back to ultimate source. And also when looking at it in that light, it gives a lot more meaning to life. It gives a lot more um, peacefulness and fulfillment to this life and also a, a better appreciation for it as well. And it allows for more of a harmonious nature to come in with yourself, which you give off that vibration, you give off that energy to all of life around you, whether it's the trees, the plants or whatever, and other people and animals and stuff, you're also giving that back and creating, help creating and and aiding in that harmonious nature and doing God's work here in this realm. And there's your your purpose. Yeah, Yeah, there's right. And by tapping into his 
vibration, meaning tapping into the vibration of heaven, which all of us have a different one. You know, all of us have a different heaven when it comes to the state, what will bring us to that state of being and that state of mind. And that's our, that's our unique path. That's our purpose. Like follow your excitement, you know, follow what it is that you, that you feel like we're, we were taught as men too to, to shut off our feelings and to, and to not follow that. And that it's not to be, to be manly is to basically, I don't know, kind of be a dog and be a dick and go and, and be a, a high value man. Well, right. And well, this whole high value man thing, this new movement going on is like, you know, I, I, one, I hate both sides, red pill, blue pill people. Like I, I just, not the people, but I hate the, the concepts because mm-hmm. they talk about like being in your power and being like, you know, these, the, these high value men. And it's like, yeah, but you cut off the feminine and the divinity and don't help whatsoever. It's still selfish. Mm-hmm. Like we have to learn to come into ourselves as high value men or high value people by becoming authentic you know, and by allowing our emotions to be present and allowing ourselves to feel them, because then when we do that and we process the, the things that are in the way of getting to heaven, you know, we'll truly get to that point. When you've reached your most authentic and genuine space of consciousness, that is a point you reach that you're, you're so in tune with yourself that there's no, your happiness is found, mm-hmm. you know, and happiness is a concept, but more so your bliss, your heaven's found once you have found yourself and all that really means is be honest with yourself, mm-hmm. you know, find out who you really are. Take away all of the definitions of school, work, society, what they talking about religion with marriage, with all that. Drop it to mm-hmm. drop it. You don't need to believe your story anymore. It's your story. You follow your, you create your own religion of life, you know? Yeah. And by doing that, you find God because it's a personal one-on-one relationship. So find yourself because you and I are both God. You got to make that journey. And when you're making that journey, like in order to really get what we're saying from this too, you also kind of, when you're on that journey, you can't look back. You can't look back because it, it, it will, it will lead to all the things uh, of doubt and all that stuff. And there's actually something in, uh, in, in Greek mythology that even goes about this because, you know, we know, that we have all different parts of uh, uh, that make up our psychology and all different types of characteristics as well that go with it. Um, and we know that we have the 12 cranial nerves, right? Which help in, in, in part of that. Well, in Greek mythology, there was the nine muses and the three Cyclops brothers, which is 12, right? Um, and the three Cyclops brothers were the sons of Uranus and Gaia or Gaia, the earth and earth and heaven, right? So one of the nine muses, the name was Calliope, which was the um, the muse of epic poetry. Once again, think about that whole thing with poetry, words, that art, the right side of the brain, the creativity, the heavenly side, right? Creative energy, which sexual energy, because sexual energy creates a baby. Mm-hmm. Like, so that yeah. sexual energy, creative energy, all, yes, godly. Yeah. Um, so which, uh, so this, the Calliope, um, one of the muses, uh, uh, gave birth to a son named Orpheus. And uh, the major stories about Orpheus are centered on his ability to charm all living things and even stones with his music. Um, and in the mythology, because what I was saying before about, um, you know, when you're on this journey, you don't want to look back because it can create a downfall and a spiral loop. And it's like, you'll never get to this point of where you're go- where you're trying to go. 
um, if you start looking back or you start trying to rely on old beliefs as well. Um, but in the story, um, he attempts to retrieve his wife, uh, uh, Eurydice, from the underworld. Um, and his death at the hands of the Mayanads of Dionysus, who were tired of his mourning for his late wife, Eurydice's. So he would literally play such beautiful, not literally actually, <laughs> but he would play <laughs> such beautiful music on the lyre, which was the, you know, the, like a harp thing. And, um, uh, he, he said he needed to see Hades so that he can retrieve back his, 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 his wife, Eurydice. Um, and what he did was he, uh, we know that Hades held the keys to the underworld. And what he did was he played on the lyre for Hades and Hades was about it and was like, yo, dope music. Like, I'm gonna let you down there and get your girl. So, so you went down there to go get your DC. So he went down into the underworld, right? He went down into the lower, the lower parts of the mind to retrieve. Um, and he got her. And he went back up the dark winding path. And why is it the dark winding path? Because, you know, it is the lower self. And the Eurydice is, is, is the love, the, the, you know, the, the love that we have suppressed, the, um, the beauty and all of that that we have suppressed and that we need to let come out, right? So he went, he got her and went up the dark winding path back to the sun, back to the higher realms. Um, and at one point, when he, as he was on his way, he turned back to check to see if she was still there behind him. And all of a sudden, she fell back down to the underworld for good. And the Bible also says, once you put your hand to the plow, don't look back. So what this is saying is that the winding dark pathway is the rise up uh, the, rise up the spiral or the kundalini to the higher consciousness state. Uh, and you're to maintain it. And not look back on your old beliefs, old religion, old traditions, um, old nationalities, uh, and and family beliefs. Because once you do, it'll send you right back and you'll start to doubt and think of the old and start to question. And the spirit of yours, which is your Eurydice, which you are bringing up out of the dark place, which is the lower concepts of the reptilian mind, um, it is then the flesh that will fall back once you look back to the old. Hmm. That's a in there as well there's so many of these things to find from the mythologies and they're not just not just these stories and like yeah that is a little bit moral based if you want to think about it but it's also with along with the other things that we've explained and that we're going to explain you see how these are things that you can really work on within yourself as well you know yeah and you know it's funny the church will convince you of sin that's a big thing with me and i can't yeah. stand that like the original sin like and the whole concept of why a man would send his own begotten son down to kill him <clears throat> like the guy made the story up and he made the world up and he's like all right so i made this all up and now i'm gonna create this thing to go down and you're gonna suffer and like the whole story always to me made absolutely no sense which would lead to seeking the truth and the church tries to convince us of that like they convince us of of sin and that will be punished uh, and be sent to hell and also to forgive your enemy. But where the irony sits with that is your supposed God will send you to burn in a fiery hell, fry you to death in a place with people with pitchforks and, uh, you know, and, and turn you over and stick you with things and it's forever. And what forgive our enemies. 
Yeah. You know, it's contradictory. So, so it's contradictory completely. So instead of completely denying it, it's like, dude, this book has lasted 3000 years. Like instead of denying that and saying, wait, we're right. So that contradicts. It makes no sense. Fuck all this. I'm done with it. When you see it from the allegorical sense and you start uh, kind of like figuring out the, the parables and, and, and the stories, you start seeing these things that are absolutely true, but mm-hmm. it's just not literal. So if we can get past that and get past our traditions and past our, uh, you know, our, our programming, then we have a lot of work to do because there's a lot of a lot of things to figure out within these stories. And to give you a reason why is because it's going to if I told you that it's going to lead you to your happiness and to your bliss and it's going to have you figure yourself out and get more in touch and connected with life and other people. uh yeah, that's more than enough reason. And I'm not trying to sell you anything. I ain't no clergy asking you to stick $5 in my basket. You know, may peace be with you. And fuck you too. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah hey, listen, you want to you wanna, you wanna say a little something to get a little a Catholic going, you know? You know, back to the whole muse thing, you know, there's the source one, of the damn problem. Yeah. <laughs> you go back to the muse thing, <laughs> like there's the one muse uh, that was polyhymnia. Polyhymnia was the muse of sacred song and it's just and, and poetry as well. But if you drop the whole poly and the IA at the end and stuff, you get hymn. That's where you get Bible hymns. Bible hymns, what are they? They're sacred songs and poetry. Tell that to a Christian. I bet you they start losing their shit. I mean, well, more so say it to a Catholic, they'll start losing their shit. But <laughs> I just think that's a little funny thing. But, um, you know, and there's the other muse, Urania, which was the muse of astronomy, which... Uranus, Uranus rules astrology. And there you go. And Uranus yeah. also means, you know, we said heaven and heaven God sign. and stuff, but it also means son of man. So that's God in the flesh. So that's how you also see how it comes back to that the kingdom of heaven is within us, that we're our flesh and that's God. And like God is there within us and we need to release it. Um, but back to also another part of the mythological part when you were talking about Kronos is... Um, you know, we said how there's the 12, uh, you know, the, the 12 cranial nerves. Another thing that goes along with that in in, in this concept is the 12 Titans. Um, and they were said to be responsible for, uh, you know, part of creation. Um, and the very first Titan, you know, we think like, who is the first Titan? And Titan doesn't necessarily mean just this giant or whatever, but like the very first Titan on Earth, so to say. You know, which were like the human creation form. Aaron Yeager. Yeah, Aaron Yeager. <laughs> but yeah, you, know, you could think. Do, wait, pe- do, do, do you know who that is? No, who's Aaron Yeager? Attack on Titan. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Had to do it. Yeah. Oh, it's that dude. So, that, you're right about that. Though. There's a lot of that. After going into the mythology of all this shit, like I definitely, I definitely see that with the walls and everything and stuff too. It's all in there. Um, yeah, I'd be a, we we eventually I think we'll take shows like that we'll and translate it. I would love to make modern day you know and I heard a lot of people mention that Star Wars was a channeled new Bible like you know oh, Dark Side time. Darth Vader being Satan yep Luke Skywalker being the son yep. right mm-hmm. of Kronos yeah. or Jupiter being the son of Kronos exactly. so uh, yeah anyway so and you got the, the Death Star and all that yep uh, but um yeah so. We, th- you know, when when anybody would look at it, the original first Titan, a lot of people would think that it was Adam, you know, from Adam and Eve, because, mm-hmm. you know, he's the first, you know, person on Earth, da, 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 all that stuff. But actually, the very first Titan was Chaos, uh, who was before Adam, 
And out of chaos came Gaia, which is Gaia, which is Mother Earth, which is creation. So that's that whole um, order out of chaos thing that that stems back. It does um, stem with, you said Gaia, it stems with the whole uh, uh, Anunnaki, uh, the planet crashes yep, into Gaia. Tiamat and, makes, and Marduk. Tiamat, right. Yep, that makes and sense. It's just, this, this is why that was the whole point of bringing that up is to allow oh. this imagination to flow and to bring yeah. these connections all together and see that if the ancients are talking about this and making such an importance about all this stuff, why are we sitting there skimming over it and not going into the shit and sitting there and being like, holy shit, wait a minute. There's something more to be said than a fucking story. It's annoying. Yeah. Well, and then <laughs> sit back and wait. Right. No, it's right. Dude, the passion has always been there with me. Like it's, it, it's to the point with like I look at people, I look at the world, and I go, "Man, how is it? Is it was the Walking Dead really like a precursor or like predictive programming to see that people don't think anymore and they don't see this? Like, yeah. like I, I saw it back at the these stories made it thousands of years. These people built megalithic structures. These people wrote all these. They they figured out all these technologies, made cuneiform tablets, and they they had this story carry on thousands and thousands of years." all these beautiful temples and everything and they and this and this encoded knowledge with things talking about DNA and and neurons and mm-hmm. and uh, you know uh, quantum physics and and things like that and the Maya it's like how ridiculous of a world do we live in where people don't realize what's important instead it's like if Biden took a shit today you know or if he like finished a sentence oh. or whatever you know, shade of orange Trump's hair is <laughs> and whatever dumb fucking meme and whatever dumb TikTok video we watch and to, to completely be blind and allow us to be led like sheep. It's like, well, you know what? If they're depopulating the world, not to be graphic or anything, but maybe people fucking deserve it and they, and they deserve a, a you know, yeah. whatever it is they're getting. How about that? Whatever. Like yeah. I won't be graphic, but like whatever it is coming to them, maybe they deserve it because you're being led like sheep. This stuff's important. Your show that's, 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 on air right now mm. media the media which by the way media m-e-d-e-a is the goddess of illusion mm. from greek mythology Dia. so ironically there's some more etymology and wordplay for you and yes that's how it really is done mm-hmm. hide things where in plain sight exactly. Medea, open it, your fucking eyes yeah God that whole media thing media um, in connection with neptune and astrology and everything and this and it's like oh well gives a shit about astrology astrology goes back when you go back to the real astrology and the tradition of it and stuff it is part of that ancient culture that ancient language of this whole description of life and 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 the translation of creation and everything so all this stuff is still in awareness there's things that are that are in awareness that are still unanswered that are unanswered and there may you may never find the true true definitive like boop bing bang that's the answer and stuff like that too but the answer doesn't come from something you could dig as much as you want into information and all that and stuff but the true information the true message needs to come from the divine and the divine has to occur and that message is only going to be intercepted with you when you do it from within you can go and find as much as you want and it can help in the activation and this planet can move into this one and stuff like that in the outer sense of the universe which can cause this magnetism to happen and the energy to flow and to be in that current so you can get into it but no matter what it's got to happen within you it's got to happen within your own mind and within your own heart and i said it before and i'll say it again it was not 
it was not man before the mind. It was mind before the man. There was an ultimate mind. There's an ultimate mind still to this day that occurred first. You can, that's the big bang. If you want to look at it that way. And it was a thought and a spark in synapses and it, it, it occurred and it was the, the, like the eyes opening and seeing everything happen all at once. The mind comes first. So therefore it goes back to the mind. This the originality is back in the mind. So I'm all, I'm I I'm yeah. What I'm having? Yeah. Preach. Preach. Sorry. It's just it's just you know once I I once even myself like I I, I get mad at myself too. at sometimes that I was like damn. I'm like I always knew there was a feeling, but you know what it was? I didn't tap into it. I looked everywhere else besides looking within myself to be able to truly get the feelings and the message that needed to come across to be like oh wow like that makes sense. Oh my god, it's that simple. Holy shit, I need to stop complicating my life. I need to stop fucking being certain ways. I need to stop thinking or feeling and believing these things. It didn't come until I allowed it to fucking dig within myself. You know, and I I think people are good at overcomplicating things, but also it's like, if you just really simplify, like when it comes down to it, it's, it's not as difficult to say, hey, everything I learned might be wrong, so let me just learn. Like, I don't give a shit if you don't have the time. If you don't have the time, then you don't have the time for real life. Like, you just are, are, are hypnotized and playing along with the system. Like, this is real life. Learning about the body. Learning about our ancient cultures. Learning about where we came from. I don't even care about saying this right now, but even the shape of the earth. Like, I'm fucking sick of the... Because the, I sit in the middle of this... And, and I'm still learning. We had David Weiss on the show. We're going to have Santos on, on, the, on my birthday on the 26th. Yep. And they're flat earth people. And the thing is, is having that on my channel and then being kind of like harassed a little bit because we have flat earth people. It's like, hey, yo, dude, you don't know if it's a globe. You don't know. You get all your information from websites and videos just like, say, the flat earth people do. All these global people, like it, it, it's, it's like in the same thing I watch with politics. It's like they pick a color. Just like in this, for instance, they've picked a shape, right? And both sides have great arguments. And instead of constantly come or, or going against each other, and I, you know what, I'll speak for both politics and this and many other topics, whether if you, you want to believe astrology or not, religion or not, flat earth, ground earth, red or blue, red, red pill, blue pill, whatever the fuck color you want to choose, who gives a shit? The problem is, is people are so obsessed with their ideals and their side. And I watch, I watch people insult each other for trying to learn. Dude, I'll tell you right now, you know, jack shit. I don't give a shit where you got your information just like we do. You, you learn, you research. And here's my whole thing with that, by the way, too, because I know a lot of people that just like to do it for the sake of debate and also to take out their anger on other people so they enter debates so they could be an absolute fucking cocksucker to the other person. And that's what I see, like people acting like fucking children. They, they want the debate because it's not yeah. about the topic. And it's projecting of their own traumas and shit. Yeah, but the thing is, is like if you're, let's say we're taking the concept of the law of attraction, like you you are what you you attract what you are and all that. It goes down to even the information you receive. If the universe works, which it does, and I know this because I've I have plenty of people that have lived this point where people didn't believe that we attract things, right? But we do. We attract things into our life. Well, if your intention that you've set is I just want to debate and fuck somebody up. Well, then that's what you're going to attract and that's what you're going to do and that's going to be the outcome and it leads to nothing. It's a selfish 
act to want to enter into anything that we're trying to learn about to just insult or act like you are some superior over the other person when yet why don't you ask the universe for truth and if you think you have the truth already you're ignorant you're stupid and you don't even deserve to be within the debate to be honest with you i'm like i'm fed up with because because it's it's everywhere i look now like even the topics i've i've learned to enjoy and love there's people within that topic that are 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 being like immature and and they insult over the other person uh, or like attempting and it's like shut the fuck up dude like you are a child if you act like that i'm calling you out right now just like the people in politics we have grown-ass motherfuckers 50 60 years old acting like they're 10 years old over well i like this guy and this guy and i picked my fucking team is gonna win grow up (laughs) you know open your minds yeah, it's those people in the lower realms of their minds and the lower realms of just their their energy and everything. It's that those same people, it's like they want to do those things and have those debates just for to feed the ego and to feed into their narcissism as well. And to to what? To potentially try to like be right and to claim dominance over somebody and stuff like that. Like, guess what? That's a hole. That's a hole you're in, okay? And that's a hole with an H. You know what's funny? This actually goes back to even what David Palmer was saying and stuff. That's hole with an H. And you can't sit there and get yourself out of that hole. You're gonna stay in that hole. You can't get yourself out by keep digging that hole. You gotta make yourself whole. You gotta fill that hole. And how are you gonna fill that hole? You can you're not gonna fill it by that that's that's empty. That's not wholesome to be able to do that. And you're also not doing you're not doing the work. You're not sitting there being, uh, you know, and some of these people that do those things that you're saying, right, claim this to be light workers. And that's like on all sorts of topics and platforms or whatever, and like even spiritual people, or whatever, and even religious people too, they claim to be these holy people or re- religious or spiritual or light worker type people. And they're doing these things. And it's like, what are you actually doing to benefit the community and help wake people up and to better bring together that harmony and stuff like that. You're not spitting truth. You're sitting there spitting your projected emotions behind something that's not even of the point of what's being argued or anything. You're just using something of within you to create some sort of power dominance over somebody. And it's not in harmony with nature. It's not in harmony with the universe. What is that doing? What is that doing for yourself? And and the rest of everybody else, it's not yeah. doing anybody any good, including yourself. One, you're making yourself look like a cuck piece of shit. That's what you're doing. <laughs> you're making yourself look like a child. And the thing is, is I'm tired of children. I've been surrounded by children my whole life. I don't care what age. I look at children or people, uh, like I see them as children with their mindset and their actions and how they talk to people and how they treat people. And it's the normal things that, you know, I, I didn't need no special training as a kid to, to understand what being a good person or being good to people is. And the problem is, is, you know, we live in such a fucking retarded society that people don't know how to do that. They don't know how to be a normal good person. Allow people to, to venture into what it is they want to believe in or what they're studying. You don't know what they're going to find. Don't judge them for it. Don't tell them they're wrong for doing it. If you're not a flat earth person, then get the fuck off the page. They are on that page because they want to, they want to, 
to travel into that realm and see because you don't even know if it's true or not. So if you want to say, well, they're dumb as fuck because they're, you know, they're, they're, it's just dumb. Like it's a globe. It's like, dude, you got your information the same way. And yes, okay, you want to trust your your scientists and, and everything and, and all these universities and stuff. Yeah, guess who funds those places? Guess where those, in, those that information had to come from somewhere. And if there wasn't experiments and things done on the opposing side, if the flat earth people had jack shit and they were going by straight beliefs, like like religion does, going by straight beliefs, then I would say, dude, you are you are actually in the right. And maybe just maybe be a little nicer about it. Stop being such an asshole. But okay, you're right to tell them that you are moronic for thinking that. Mm-hmm. You know, if anything, I find it more moronic to believe in a guy that's living up in the fucking sky and that some dude's going to come back and save us and all that, opposed to believing the earth's flat. At least I have things that I could show you. You can't show me anything other than scripture to tell me that. So when it comes down to it, the judgment needs to stop. And... Uh, I'm I'm absolutely personally fed up with it and and watching people be that way when they're dumb, like they're stupid. Mm-hmm. They they and and what I mean by that is they don't have they have the potential to be smart. I'm not saying that they're in inept or innate and able to become a smart person. Mm-hmm. But dude, if you act like that, if you act like a child and you're over say 18, to me you're you you are you are a childish moron and you need to grow up. Yeah, they're, they're intellectually and spiritually depriving themselves. I mean, that's yep. that's the it's joke a about way it. To put it. Yeah, that's yeah. the joke about it in the end. But you know what's funny about a lot of those trolls um, that 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 do that type of thing? A lot of those people are the same ones that'll sit there and be like, "Oh, the deception of this, the deception of uh, of this group or government and stuff like that." Meanwhile, they miss the fact that, hey, guess what, buddy? The same. Uh, uh, resources that you're using as your information, say something like flat earth to combat the flat earthers and stuff like that. The same people are dictating that the same globalist, the least are dictating how that works and stuff. And you want to sit there and you don't want to get the whole side of it and be like, Oh, well, guess what? It's all in connection. No, you're just going to sit there and be like, Oh, well I found this because it's something that I believe first of all, whether it's the globe or something like that and like, Hey, whatever. So, and that's not to say that we're flat earthers or be like whatever stuff like that I, me personally, I'm just not convinced that we really know what it is. It's, it's, it, there's, there's, right. there's too much. There's too much on both sides. If anything, too much on both sides. And guess what? It's something that we may know. We may never know who the fuck cares. It's the fact of going into it and looking at this perspective and being curious and being able to sit there with the information and also to be connected to the divine and realize that there's so much possibility that you can actually gain an intuition and an awareness of that and to better connect with what actually is, whether you know what it is or not, you can still connect to it, though. On an intuitive spiritual level, you could still connect to it and you could still live by it without even realizing that you're lived by it. The same way you don't even realize how you live in your toxicity a lot of the times. So it goes about that point. So quit the fucking trolling. Let people think. We need more thinkers. We need more people being out there to sit there and raise each other up and, and, and encourage each other to think and to be able to question the systems that suppress us and have indoctrinated us so that we can get back into what we really need to be and to gain back that fucking memory of the divine and what's truly within us. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, and look at the state of the world. So if you if you look at everything right now with, say, what the government's doing, what's happening with these warlike, you know, uh, occurrences going on in Israel and all of this stuff and, and with the, the many, the laundry list of all the bullshit. Now, if you could look at the world and not question it and be happy with it and just put on your mask and wipe your ass with the hundred <laughs> rolls of toilet paper that you bought and, you know light yourself on fire with the uh, hundred <laughs> gallons of gas you probably just bought too because you probably deserve to do that. Um, well, fine. Then you could be that. But uh, you know what? At the same time, one, get off this podcast. Two, d- d- go, go be there. Go be that somewhere else. And don't, then don't listen to this because you're not going to like what I'm going to say because I don't like what you people say. And mm-hmm. when I say you people, I, I, I thoroughly and really truly mean it's the people that actually judge and, and kind of like instigate a problem with other people for thinking a certain way or being a certain way or doing certain things. If you disagree with something, just go away. Go believe what you want to believe somewhere else. That's what I mean by get off of this then. If you have a problem, this isn't made for debate. This is our perspective Mm -hmm. and you can respect it. You can take something from it. You can take nothing from it. We could be the cucks to you. Mm -hmm. Fine. Whatever. I don't care. And and that's how it should be. But there's no war that needs to be done. We just need people to explore. The world is not in a great state right now. And an awakening is happening. And we have to allow people to think and explore in new new directions. Or we could just stay where we're at with the face diapers and the toilet paper and the gas and the lighting each other on fire with stupid fucking insults. And that's that's it, you know, but we're going to go deeper and we're going to change. We we hope to have an impact on our listeners and ourselves as we go along being the speculators, being the mediators. We don't believe anything. It's all about just learning, talking, discussing, no bullshit, no trolling. And and, and that's it. You know, growing up, growing up. That's what it is. Yeah, I can. I, I can hear the. I can hear the other people on on the, on the other side of this. Listen, be like, oh, well, you, the way you're going to man is not spiritual and it's not really love and light and stuff like that. Why? It's protective. It's protective energy. It's nurturing of people being able to have. I, I want you to have. I want other people to have the same right to be able to speak up and to and to be heard about what they're interested in or what they're trying to bring awareness to without the bashing and the bringing down of stuff like that. And it may seem like we're bashing certain people, but it's only in the fact that it's like, these are the people that also need to be called out and to sit there and realize that, Hey, you have some real unhealed trauma and work to do. And you are the last person right now to be sitting here and telling somebody else how they should think, how they should feel, how they should believe and how they should conduct themselves when you have not done the work yourself. So how can you point out the speck in your brother's eye without noticing the stone in your own first that's in the bible as well so that's the whole point of that and just to kind of finish it off where i was going before this was that whole thing with it's psychological and we're talking about that is this psychological dementia going on with all of this but um you know we had said about the 12 titans and chaos and chaos comes from Gaia, which is from creation and this order out of chaos. Um, and Gaia, Gaia gave birth without intercourse, um, uh, without intercourse at all to Uranus. So it's its own primordial force. It's its own bringing of about through just the, the, the emergence of the cosmos, I guess you could say as well. 
Um, and if you look at the New Testament in Greek, Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And the word for heaven in Greek is Uranus or Aronis, or, or, or Uranus, like I said earlier. Uh, so then Uranus and Gaia had intercourse and gave birth to Kronos. Like we said, intercourse can just be that convergence of, of energy as well uh, coming together. And Kronos, we know Kronos to be Saturn, and we know Saturn to be Satan, like we said. So Kronos marries uh, Rhea and had kids. But Kronos was afraid of the kids overthrowing his kingdom, so he ate them. Uh, and Rhea was about to give birth to Zeus, and she gave uh, and and just to keep Zeus from being eaten by Kronos because Kronos was so threatened um, by his kids of overthrowing his kingdom. She gave him a swaddled uh, a stone that was swaddled in linen and and gave it to Kronos and he ate it. And while she took the baby uh, and while he ate it, she took the baby Zeus to hide in a cave off the Isle of Crete and hid the child until danger had passed. What we see with this is that. Um, the origin of the story of the evil king who is threatened by a child god to be so, you know, the, the, a child god to be so that they killed the children so that they prevent an overthrow. Does that sound familiar? You know, we see that in all, all sorts of things. For example, you see it with, you know, with Moses, how baby Moses comes about and there's talks about, you know, uh, people to free the, the slaves and they go and kill every firstborn child. And, you know, Moses is hidden in Egypt. Same thing with Mary and Joseph with uh, fleeing Jerusalem because King Herod wanted to kill every male child because the prophecy of the Messiah coming and being told by being told by the Magi. And then in the Bhagavad Gita, you have the uh, mother Devaki and her baby and and uh, the wicked king uh, Kamsa was afraid of being dethroned, so he killed the children. So they took the child out across the ice flows to hide from the danger, and the child was Hari Krishna. All the same stories. And it also is not just about the fact of being about the literal story or um, the overthrowing of the king and stuff, but it also goes down to the fact of there is that energy we see out in the world. There is a power hold. There is an authoritarianism as we speak of this hold onto these beliefs and these ways of life to the point that these more negative energies and powers of the world and, and people, even like we're talking about these same people, the trolls that are so threatened by their way of thinking, their way of belief that is so disconnected from the divine that they're willing to go to the extremes. So all these tribes and religions have the same story speaking of the divination that occurs within our minds and hearts and our psychology. It always goes about saying how these children go to overthrow these wicked kings. Always a story of redemption. It's always a story of redemption within these stories, meaning that we are able to redeem ourselves from the dark and the evil and go to the place of the higher realms. And it happens starting off with within us. And we see that this is how we combat that energy in the world, not by raising arms or protesting all the time and call, trolling people and calling people out for all this shit. It's about the fact of connecting back with this. So, you know, this also talks about the position of the planets and how it affects the human mind. And so when the Bible says that Jesus comes back and they cast Satan into the pit of hell, that means Saturn goes down into the lowest part of the universe or out of our perspective or uh, um, um or just like kind of makes a different transit or position is how you connect the astrology to it. Um, and Uranus, the son of man, becomes the ruling planet. And we've seen a lot of this even in the astrology. If you're somebody who follows the astrology, 
And what we've talked about, how to even look at the astrology is not to make it as a defining point as this is a definite occurrence or something like that. There's a definite occurrence of a cycle or something or a heavier presence of maybe a certain force of magnetism as well, but it's how we prepare ourselves as well. How do we work with that energy? It's all about the balance and the harmony that we always talk about. So do you have anything to add on that, Ray? (laughs) Yeah, that was a good one. Huh? Sorry, I got, I'm uh, like I'm getting no, lost in the sauce here. I know we got to wrap this up soon. Uh, well, it was funny you mentioned the the Krishna, Buddha, and Jesus correlations. Well, you didn't mention Buddha. I know uh, even Buddha had a uh, was born of the mother Maya, who was a virgin. And what was crazy is so Jesus was two thousand years ago, Buddha was three thousand years ago, and Krishna was five thousand years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Krishna and Jesus story are in exact replica. They are the same thing. It's the same oh. thing. So you, so you have the mother Devaki you mentioned, virgin, mother Mary with Jesus, virgin. Um, Krishna was raised by the shepherds or the cowherds. And she was, he was, Krishna was the feminine principle. Mm-hmm. So the cowherd girls was something that was part of the story. And uh, there was a whole thing with that of why they worship the cows, which the cow takes in that, which is the earth, that which give, you know, which is the grass and it gives back, which is the divine food, which is milk. Yeah. So the, you know, India mm-hmm. and that religion, uh, worship the cows, yeah. but what's it, it in relation with that, mm-hmm. right. But Jesus had the shepherd who mm-hmm. were the first to see, and that's the sheep. And so there you go with that. That's an exact correlation. They're also both the incarnation of the Holy spirit or Vishnu, which is also the Holy spirit mm. in uh, the story of Krishna. Um, but the irony uh, about mentioning all this too is with the sheep and the shepherds shepherds or the to become the shepherd sheep are what are thoughts in uh, mysticism so sheep are divine thoughts and this is why if you're a shepherd you are watching your own thoughts in meditation and you'll be the first to see the christ child as what happens in the story of jesus as well the Christ child was born of a virgin and that's a virgin consciousness mm. what does that mean yeah. virgin consciousness just means that you are you are you are pure thought you're a virgin in thought like mm-hmm. you were just cleared that's it you're a brand new person you're a brand new consciousness Untouched. you're a virgin yeah so by meditation you're in virgin consciousness and this is being the shepherd by watching the sheep and if you look at both the story of Krishna and Jesus they're both parallel to one another but what the only difference would be is that Krishna was 3000 years before the story of Jesus so literal aside mm-hmm. that that story was just told by two cultures at two very far uh, points in time separated by. So that's the point, you know, let's see past all of this stuff. Let's change our beliefs. Let's change our traditions. Let's stop being mean to be, uh, to, to one another. Really? Let's just, can we all just get along that type of shit? Can we not just do that? Can let everyone explore and do what it is they need to do. Let mm-hmm. people, you know, ride their path and try mm-hmm. as, as much as we can, as best as we can to not allow the government and outside forces and these mm-hmm. King Herods, these influences of authority outside of us to influence us as the, child of Christ or the, the Christ child, the virgin consciousness, the us, the, the I am, the connected to God version of ourselves, the higher self, whatever it is you want to call it. Let's defeat that and not involve that as much as with our personal decisions and our beliefs and, and really explore. And I think if we do that, that's the next step 
with humanity. It's it's our beliefs. We could look at the war. We could look at the famine or whatever else. You you could look at poverty. You could look at anything right now and say the external, oh, that's the problem, that's the problem, that's the problem. The problem is in here. It's in the mind. And yeah. that's where we need to start. And if we start there and we start exploring and discovering the, the, the secrets uh, and the hidden truths that our ancient ancestors left us, that holds the key. That is the key. It's our minds. So yeah. our, that's what I, that's, that's, about that's beautiful. I mean, that our, our flesh dwelling souls, we are not enemies of each other. As humans, we are not enemies of each other. And we are not society. Once again, when you talk about Darwinism, like it has created this competition within society and within each other to the point that it's spiraled so far out of control that survival of the fittest to the point that it's allowed only a small percentage in a group of 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 people who have decided to swing towards that more darker side of 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 energy that occurs because we know that there's duality and polarity so that allows to overcome this realm in a sense but it does not last. And just like in these mythological stories about the fact of the position of even the planets and, and how the whole thing with, with uh, Kronos and Uranus and Uranus being God and the heavens and, and Kronos being Saturn and Satan, you know, you know, um, you know, we said that, you know, Uranus comes back as being the ruling planet and like the, 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 the ruling energy, I guess you could say, that blissfulness that comes back. And there, there probably was, there was a time of that where we said that there was original, this divinity that just was more accessible to us. But then it is also said in that story that they cast him into the pit and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more. What's being said is that the deception to the mind caused by the magnetism from Saturn will be no more. Then it says, till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be uh, loosed for a little season because what will happen in during a period of time, Saturn will return to its position where its magnetism and effect is stronger and Uranus will be removed from a short period of time. This shows us that the astrological cosmic relation of the macro and the micro, and it's also an energetic sense as well that we see how even during this time, it looks like the dark is running things, that that evil is running the world and that everything is just hell and chaotic and everything stuff that like that too. And that also I know that a lot of astrologers talk about it is that, you know, there's certain occurrences in the cosmos that are are influencing that as well. Well, we also have those cosmos within us and we have those influences in our psychology as well and within our energy, within our body as well. And we can have those seasons. We have those periods. We have that. That's why we are we we, we use astrology as well as the 12 you know, the, the, the 12 different spectrums, the 12 cranial nerves, the 12 characteristics and archetypes as well, you know, to explain consciousness. Um, but in Revelations 22, it, it's, it said that he laid hold the dragon, that serpent, which is the devil and bound him for a thousand years and threw him in the pit. It shows the same story of of Zeus coming back and making him throw up the children he ate along with the stone, which the stone was brought back to the Oracle of Delphi, which is the fornix of the brain. Zeus and his five brothers waged war on Kronos. 
So, and the, and the, the five brothers were the Cyclopses. So, and they were called, they were, uh, you know, when Zeus and, uh, the, uh, Hecton trees, I can't say the word, which it literally means the hundred handed giants, um, who, like I said, were the Cyclopses who gave Zeus his thunderbolt, which defeated Kronos and Zeus reigned the cosmos. So when you're looking at that, the Cyclops and everything, which gave the thunderbolt, it's, it's that, it's that, um, when we're looking at Cyclops, Cyclops connects to the word, uh, kuklos in Greek, which also means wheel or circles and ops is the eye or, or also it could be the word clops in Greece, which is wheel thief. Um, so we can see it also as the Cyclops as the, the chakra wheel of the third eye. And it's also the keepers of the third eye chakra wheel. So it is, is within the single eye that is given the thunderbolt, which is given that energy, which is given that ignition that it's turned on. And we know that's the pineal gland and the pituitary gland to turn that on, to bring us back to that state of where we should, where we need to be in order to get back into that connection that we're talking about with the divine. You know, there was also, you know, it's kind of funny when speaking of Cyclops is there also is that supernova in 1987. Um, and, uh, it, it, it happened with a certain, um, Uranus transit and a shift, um, and it kind of just shows, and when you look at it, it looks like um, it looks like the Cyclops. It looks like the single eye, and it's back with Uranus. Um, and the shift came about in this uh, cyclical way, along with uh, the Saturn Jupiter aspects that we even saw last last year, and even this, the ones that we're seeing this year too. So As above, so below. Exactly. So the second yeah. coming bring is bringing the opening up of the pineal gland. That's what it's all about: is opening that up, decalcify that fucking thing, open that shit up, and allow it in, and to be able to be get right with yourself, so you can have that effect with on everybody else, and rising you out of that darkness when you're engaged, when you engage and you activate and align your energy and your chakras. And this can also all be done in meditation as well. And being in that meditative state, like I said, it's not, don't get away from the belief of that too, of that whole real, um, like, yes, that can be part of it too. And it's not about having this, this, uh, psychedelic experience or anything too, as well that could come from it, but it's about the stillness and the separation from the senses and being nowhere and no place and no time with no thing. Be in the middle. Don't get lost in the symbols yes. and don't get lost in the logic. That's yes. what he's saying. Meaning, so don't get lost up in the airy fairy woo woo nonsense of oh, I'm awakening and om yeah. and chakras and this and that. Like, yo, do the yoga, do the meditation. Mm-hmm. You know, have tantric sex, do mm-hmm. all the things that are going to raise the energy. Apply the logic to the symbols. Yeah, stop so move, move going either around. too far left or too far right, red or blue. Right, yeah. uh, always one side or the other. Sit directly in the middle of everything everything and that is Dude. the void that is yes. the void go in there where there is nothingness and allow the message to flow into you because you're activating that that which is in the hippocampus and that which is the pineal gland and allowing that to rise up through the kundalini when you're practicing these things and a lot of that goes back with the whole tantric sex thing that ray just said as well you know and there's like i said we'll, we'll get into a whole big episode on that that it has a big part of rising that kundalini as well but this is this is the start of it. This is where it is. This is how to better look at at, at these things of which 
been passed down and that we still are debating over and talking about um, more so now. I mean, it, it is great to see that more people are talking about these things and this subject has come up more and people are in tune to it, but that just goes with it. It is that time. It is that energy. It is that magnetism that is coming into it. It's our awareness. It is that waking up. And this is the light work that needs to be done. If you want to put it in that sense of light work is to bring that and allow people to discuss it, allow people to talk about it so that it can better be experienced across all of society and all humans. And we need that because we need that, that frequency and that, that, that resonance to happen and to create this Toros field of, of all these connected heart fields so that we can cast Kronos, Satan, Saturn, back down into the underworld and seal the seals and raise ourselves up and bring Uranus, the heaven within us, back into fruition. And on that note. On that note. Well, thank you all for joining us again. Really appreciate it. Um, it's going to be a lot more on this as well. As always, don't forget, uh, join us and uh, on our on our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter as well. Um, uh, you know, make sure you follow and subscribe, share it, leave a review. We want to hear what you think. We want to hear what you're coming into uh, with this as well, where you're at. Um, and uh, of course, the Patreon's up as well. Patreon.com slash Daily Transcendence. If you want to support the show, looking to uh, do more stuff and uh, bring a lot more into works for you guys and to give you guys exclusive access as well uh, and really just step up our game and to bring this, you know, and to also create that imagery for your, for you guys as well um, and to better connect and build this open platform of communication between everybody so that nobody's silenced, that all ideas can flow so that we can be in harmony. So, you know, if you feel called to, you know, you could always donate and stuff and just stick with us and we'll, We'll uh we'll get that going for you. So on that note, everybody, y'all take care. Until next time. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs>